The Rangers beat the Braves in a fantastic fashion. Kumar Rocker is having Tommy John surgery, and it looks like finally we are getting Corey Seager back. An update on why it took so long. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a criminally addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. The Rangers are... 26 and 16 today is Wednesday, May 17th, and they are still alone atop the AL West with a three game lead over those pesky Astros. That was after a 7 4 win over the Braves with another great start from Dane Dunning, a near meltdown from the pen. We'll get into that later on and why it's it's getting really worrisome in that bullpen and a massive, massive home run from Ezekiel Durant. The Rangers offense really picked up the bullpen in this one. Dane Dunning again, again, his third start in relief of Jacob deGrom, who has been on the IL. We did get a little update on Jacob deGrom, by the way. He threw a bullpen, um, got on the mound for the first time since he left that start and went on the IL. There's no uh, light bullpen, I should say. Uh, There's no real updated timetable for that, so it looks like still the end of May is when he's going to come back. But Dane Dunning, Stepping up again, his third start, he lowers his season ERA down to 169, 160, nice. 37 and a third innings this season, three starts, 23 strikeouts, 11 games so far. He's 4-0 and has a whip of .88. The guy has been absolutely nails. He went six innings of one-run ball in this one, struck out four, didn't allow a single walk. He has only allowed two combined walks in three starts. That is, uh, let's see, 17 innings, two walks. That is really, really impressive stuff from Dane Downing. And the thing that I felt like was really holding him back the most last year, he's in the 15th percentile uh, or the top 15% of the league in not walking anybody. He's in the top quarter league and not allowing barrels. The guy is just being exactly the best version of himself. He's not a guy who's going to strike a bunch of guys out. He, he throws 91. He's got that cutter that's pretty effective and works with the slider and the changeup and the curveball every once in a while, but he's been doing just such a good job that I, I don't know how you take him out of this rotation. I mean, if Jacob DeGrom comes back, he, he's going to be out of this rotation. And, you know, maybe you think about doing a six-man rotation a little bit more often. The Rangers said that they would be more willing to do that, as we saw with Cody Bradford being called up for a one-and-done. By the way, he has already been sent back down. Uh, the Rangers called up Joe Barlow to take his spot on the roster and uh, be in the pen. He has finally found that velocity that he was looking for in Round Rock, so maybe the Rangers will trust him in some more high-leverage situations. We'll get into that bullpen in the third segment of this show. But Ezekiel Duran also coming up clutch because the Rangers nearly blew this one. Jonathan Hernandez, a really really terrible outing for him three three earned runs he faced three batters all of them scored because he allowed two home runs and a hit by pitch in comes josh spores to save the day the rangers got it a little closer than they wanted to it was a uh, four to uh 
8-6 lead at that point. And then in comes Ezekiel Duran with a massive, massive shot to kind of make that just a little bit, a little bit more uh, breathing room for him there. It just absolutely destroyed that baseball. Absolutely annihilated that baseball. 110.6 miles an hour off the bat. 443 feet. And the guy continues to be an absolute menace at shortstop with Corey Seager out. By the way, the reason Corey Seager has not been activated off the IL just yet is because he's had a stomach bug he's been dealing with since Monday. If he didn't have that, then he would have been in the lineup on Monday and the Rangers would have seen him in the series. I don't know that necessarily would have changed the outcome on Monday when the Rangers lost 12 to nothing, but maybe could have given them a little more cushion in this one. Not that they really need it because Ezekiel Duran has been absolutely amazing. We're thinking that Wednesday, today, Corey Seager will be activated off the IL, hoping that stomach bug has passed and he can get on the field and not have to worry about, you know, throwing up in the middle of a baseball game. So hoping that he feels better. But I think definitely by this weekend series against the Rockies, we will see Corey Seager back in this lineup. But that leads to the question of what do you do with Ezekiel Duran? Ezekiel Duran has been absolutely exceptional so far this season. He has done incredibly well at shortstop, much better than I anticipated him doing. And the bat has been just absolutely fire. He still isn't walking. He's still chasing the top 2% of baseball, chasing pitches out of the zone, but he's not striking out at an ungodly rate because he makes pretty good contact with with pitches that are out of the zone and does a good job of, of fouling them off and he's done a really really good job at shortstop and I think the best defensive alignment for this team right now I, I don't know that Josh Smith is necessarily the best defender at shortstop anymore I mean he might be he might have a little bit of an edge over Ezekiel Duran but I'm not sure that he does anymore so I think the best defensive alignment is you know the the normal lineup of, of Haim and at catcher I don't know if if I trust all the advanced metrics that say Nathaniel Lowe is is one of the better defensive first basemen in all of baseball but the infield is pretty much exactly what you would expect it I would say and then Louis Tavares in center field Adolis in right and then Bubba Thompson in left if healthy that's Travis Jankowski that I would put out there but the best lineup right now with <clears throat> what I would go with in, in a playoff game if the entire roster was healthy it looks like the same at the top six Simeon Seager Lowe Garcia Young Haim then the the bottom three of Duran, Garver, and Tavares, and that might be the deepest lineup in baseball. I mean, the Rays are probably deeper at this point because they're everybody on their team feels like has a 900 plus OPS. Not that that's going to sustain for the entire year, but like that is just such a dangerous lineup. And that that lineup that I just included there, it doesn't include Robbie Grossman, who's been has been very productive. He's been very productive as the DH and left fielder. And speaking of left field, the left field has been an absolute black hole for the Rangers for many, many years. And I think that the obvious answer to the question, what do you do with Ezekiel Duran when Corey Seager comes back? Well, well, the obvious answer is, well, you, you keep him in the lineup, but where? I think you put him in left field. He hasn't played a whole lot of left field in his career. He hasn't played a whole lot of outfield in his career. But Bruce Bochy continues to praise Ezekiel Duran for just being a ball player, just being a guy who does whatever is asked of him and he has stepped up in this difficult situation not a guy who broke camp as the everyday left fielder like I thought he would and he has just absolutely crushed it and has not looked back at all nor should he but I think that left field might be his long-term home and you know the Rangers for left field it's been really bleak there for quite a few seasons left field is usually a position where you don't think of of it being all that important defensively, just throw some big guy out there um, and, you know, 
say, okay, just go out there and hit, go out there and absolutely rake, and um, then you'll be fine. And the Rangers just have not done, had anybody really do that the last, you know, 10 years of guys who were the primary left fielder for the Rangers with an OPS above 800. In the last 10 seasons, there have been two. Two guys with an OPS above 800. That's not even asking for like 900, 950 or something elite. There's Willie Calhoun in 2019. He had an 848 OPS in 337 plate appearances. And in Joey Gallo in 2018, an 810 OPS in 577 plate appearances. You had to go all the way back to 2012 for the next guy on that list. That was David Murphy with an 859 OPS in 521 plate appearances. So it's not just been recently. It has been a long time for the Rangers that there have not been guys with OPSs above 800. And Ezekiel Durant is a guy who can most definitely do that. He is doing that right now. He is doing it at an elite level with a lot of power and hitting for average as well. He's got an 817 OPS at the moment, slugging 492 with six home runs and six doubles. It's just been absolutely incredible what he's been doing, and it is a huge part of the Rangers' success. Having a seven-hole hitter with an OPS in the 800s, that's just incredible. There are not a whole lot of teams that do that, and when you do have that, you get a lot of success of you know rallies started by the bottom third of your order. I mean, the guy who's going to be in this ideal lineup, the number eight hitter, um, Mitch Garver, at least my ideal lineup. He's got a 943 OPS on the season. He's a guy who's won a silver slugger and, you know, has hit 30 plus bombs in a game of playing under 100 in a season of under playing under 100 games. It's just the guy is absolutely stacked. And, you know, that whole thing that I said about, well, if your DH is hitting eighth, then you don't really have a DH. Well, in this lineup, you kind of do. And that's kind of the point that I'm making with this Rangers team. It is so freaking stacked. And I am just so excited for the future because the other guys that that Siegel Durant are going to be competing with for that long-term left field job are, you know, there's Aaron Zavala, who we'll talk about in just a second, Evan Carter and Dustin Harris. I mean, those guys are all really freaking good. I don't think he's going to beat out Evan Carter for the job, um, but Carter's been struggling a little bit lately, and so you don't have to worry about him struggling because you have Ezekiel Durand. You don't have to rush that guy to the big leagues like I've talked about a million times. But there is some bad injury news. Talk about Kumar Rocker's injury, what that means for the Rangers, and, and why I'm really pissed at a lot of people on the internet for their reaction to it. But first, this episode is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans and owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. They're collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there is no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, increasing collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitions and rewards. So we're recently partnered with MLB All-Stars Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez to serve as brand ambassadors. Both are featured in SoRare's current brand campaign and will engage with the SoRare community throughout the MLB season at MLB events. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn that's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. 
Now, unfortunately, we got the news that Kumar Rocker is going down with Tommy John surgery. First, I want to thank you all so much to the everyday listeners. On Thursday's show, I'll be back to talk about what we learned about the Rangers in this series and hopefully finally talking about Corey Seager being back in this lineup. A really, really great matchup on the on the hill today. Rangers take on the Braves today with Nathan Eovaldi and Spencer Strider, 7.05 Central Time. You can catch every pitch with the Hometown Broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, Kumar Rocker is going to be done for the season and into the second half of next season is when he's going to be back. He is getting Tommy John surgery. He has a torn elbow ligament, but it had nothing to do with the pre-draft concerns. So just go ahead and, and get that out of your mind. All the people who were saying that, including... Some certain national reporters who I'm not going to uh, name by name, <coughs> Bob, <coughs> just saying, oh, well, look at the Mets for being so smart and, and passing on this guy. Well, that that's not what the pre-draft concerns that the Mets had. It was about a shoulder injury that was a football injury. He had a surgery to get that cleaned up after the Mets you know, changed their offer on him and um, didn't really communicate with him why. Uh, it's it's frustrating, though. It is really, really sad. He's going to be out for a while. He was making some progress. He'd only had before this most recent start, which is the one where he got hurt. He allowed his first home runs of the season and was cruising through four innings, and then just things went sideways. Before that, he'd only have one start where he had allowed even a run. He had six starts on the season, five before this last one, and only one of them was where he allowed any runs at all. He was still striking guys out at an elite pace. And according to Chris Woodward, he was on the verge of promotion to double A. And that freaking sucks. This is just the nature of the beast with pitching prospects, unfortunately. This is this is just how it goes. And there's always risk. There is no such thing as a pitching prospect that is a long time saying in prospect circles and and this is kind of a reason why kumar rocker is 23 years old the former number three overall pick and the rangers were really really hyped about him they called it an acute injury i don't know exactly what that means but anything that requires tommy john surgery is a real bummer this is his first tommy john surgery and you know last year in the arizona fall league grant schiller and i talked a whole bunch about overanalyzing everything that Kumar Rocker was doing. His delivery looked really off and like he was not using his legs and not really driving down the mound and it seemed like his velocity was off and some scouts were really concerned about what they were seeing there and we were kind of concerned about what we were seeing there and you know he's looked a lot better this year. He's using more of that lower half. He was just striking guys out at an elite rate and not walking a whole lot of guys which is great. That is exactly what you were wanting and the velocity was looking back more like the Kumar rocker that we were used to seeing. He was adding a sinker as well. The slider was just way too good for those high A hitters. He was he was about ready for that double A promotion. It was good to see him get some confidence under his belt as as his first, you know, full season outings. He did have some some professional ball in the independent leagues before he was drafted. He only had, I think, four or five starts. That was 20 total innings. Then he had a couple of starts in the fall league that were basically like one to two to, I think, maybe one of those outings with three innings. But those were concerning. But he, he was looking good. The Rangers were taking a little easy on him. He wasn't throwing a whole lot of pitches in his starts. But it still didn't matter. Sometimes... It just happens. This is his first Tommy John, so uh, yeah, it happens to pretty much everybody. It is a bummer, but 
I don't think it's something that you really need to worry a whole bunch long term. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating. It would be really nice to see him get fast tracked and you know get to the big leagues by the end of next year, which I think was maybe my most aggressive um, estimation of when he would get to the big leagues. I mean, there, there was no way he was seeing the big leagues this year at all, unless the Rangers just said, you know what, screw it, we're just going to put you in the pen, have you throw absolute gas, and uh, we don't trust your arm holding up long term, so we're going to make you a really really nasty back end reliever which I think would have been a really aggressive and, and I think foolish move to do for a number three overall pick who does still have that extremely high upside as a top end starter. And you know, this Tommy John surgery doesn't change my mind on that at all. Apparently it did change the mind of MLB pipeline who just like 40 minutes before this, this announcement was made about him having Tommy John surgery. He was promoted into the top 100 MLB pipeline overall prospects. And then 30 minutes, he was already taken off the list, which I think is just absolutely wild. They also dropped him from being the Rangers number six overall prospect to the Rangers number nine prospect down behind Justin Foscue, Dustin Harris, and Aaron Zabala, who do have some good injury news about him. Another guy with a uh, UCL injury. He suffered a partially torn UCL last fall in the fall league before he could actually start playing, and he is expected to be activated today off the IL. Very good sign for him. Loved him last year. Had a great season. Guy who walks a whole, whole bunch. Another guy who had some medical concerns heading into the draft, former second round pick. And I think the sky is the limit <clears throat> for that kid. Got some good power and walks at a good rate. But there are a lot of Mets fans that I saw just celebrating on Twitter. Not Mets fans that I am you know, following and friends with, but there were still quite a few in the mentions of Rangers reporters and quote tweeting things like that. And even some national media guys like the one that I just coughed through his name. So you didn't at all tell who I was talking about just saying oh look at the Mets being so smart for not signing Kumar Rocker and oh look look my team was right even, even if you were even if this was a, a shoulder injury that the Mets saw pre-draft why are you celebrating the downfall of a kid this is a 23 year old kid trying to ma- live his dream make his dreams come true of being a major leaguer and I mean you have to be a really crappy person to celebrate the injury of another person just because it makes your team look smart just because you were right haha see look I was right congratulations who freaking cares this is still a human being out there trying to do his best and you know cheering on someone else's downfall is not a bad guy is not like oh I don't know you know say rooting for I don't know someone who you know maybe allegedly did some domestic violence and couldn't sign with an MLB team and is getting lit up in Japan. I, I don't know who that might be talking about. Maybe <laughs> Trevor Bauer. <laughs> it's a different thing. This is a kid who has not done anything worth being jeered about. There is absolutely no reason to celebrate the downfall of a prospect going down with Tommy John surgery. And the amount of people that are doing that just because their team was right is frankly sickening. And if you're one of those people, or if you're one of the people who thinks, oh, well, I was right to not want this kid. And you're saying, haha, this is why. And I'm so smart. Like reevaluate yourself. Honestly, what are your priorities that you are celebrating the downfall of this kid? I wish him nothing but the best, a speedy recovery. He said he likes a challenge, um, which like, man, that is absolute dog mentality. You get this just devastating injury news. Like, you know what? This is, this is too easy for me. I, I like making it harder on myself. I like going through the difficult things and working through it. I, I have no doubt that this kid is going to work through this comeback even stronger. And uh, wishing him all the best and a speedy recovery. This is an absolute gut shot of news for Rangers fans, for Kumar Rocker, for his family. And, um, you know, 
I think he's going to be just fine. I was really encouraged by what he was doing this year, and I, I really would have loved to see him in Frisco, and it seems like we were just about to. And it's an absolute shame that he is not going to get that. The Rangers said they are not concerned about the long-term repercussions of this. I mean, literally, I feel like it feels like literally everybody in baseball gets Tommy John at some point. It's going to happen eventually. Hopefully he can come back stronger, work on that rehab, and maybe get some of those mechanical issues a little bit more more ironed out, um, watch some more film. He is a smart kid. He is a hard worker. He has got all the physical tools in the world, and I have no doubt he is going to come back even stronger. But again, if you're celebrating the downfall of some kid just because it makes you look right, maybe reevaluate your priorities because I don't know that they're necessarily in the right place. Coming up, we're going to look at the bullpen, how they almost blew this one again. Who the heck is trustworthy and what other options can the Rangers look at if everything keeps going to crap with this bullpen but first this episode is brought to you by bird dogs shout out to our new sponsor bird dogs bird dogs is a a pants a shorts company that they sent us all some very very nice shorts they're going to be the most comfortable shorts you've ever wanted been wearing them for the last couple of days and, and man these things are so comfortable so stylish i feel you know just really great wearing them i feel like you could wear them pretty much everywhere they're incredibly versatile you, know, you can wear them out to the gym you can wear them out walking around hanging out with your friends wearing to work you could wear them on a date like they just make you feel really really comfortable you can just wear one pair of shorts you know to the golf course to a meeting you know date hang out with friends literally whatever you want to do they are made of stretchy fabric and it makes my legs feel really comfortable and we've got this built-in liner that's also just incredibly comfortable i've not wanted to take them off at all since they have sent us our pair and uh, you, you're going to want to get yourself a pair of these shorts they are so incredibly comfortable they look good they got all kinds of different styles and some some funny names so go look them up on their website so go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb and when you enter promo code locked on mlb they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every single order go get yourself some bird dogs thank you all so much for making locked on rangers your first listen every single day on friday's show i'll cross over with paul holden of locked on rockies to break at break down this weekend series rangers take on the rockies 705 central time on friday start that series you can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on sirius xm just download the sxm app and search code rangers now the rangers bullpen nearly blew this one again this was a frustrating game the rangers were able to rally get some insurance runs in the sixth the seventh and the eighth innings um just really nice to get those insurance runs when you don't necessarily trust the bullpen at this point even the guys you thought were trustworthy are not necessarily trustworthy john king came in and got a shutdown seventh inning perfect inning of work has not allowed a single earned run in his few outings back at the big league level then in comes jonathan hernandez for the eighth inning you think okay okay this is this is gonna be fine it was a five to one lead at that point and jonathan hernandez comes in and gives up a bomb thought okay well it'll happen it happens to the best of them jonathan hernandez is not a guy who typically gives up a lot of home runs and then he hits a batter and then gives up another home run and is taken out of the game without retiring a single batter that is really worrying stuff honestly incredibly worrying stuff because he's the guy who i trusted the second most in this pen behind will smith and you know jonathan hernandez has just not been good this year he's had a lot of really rough outings and the bad ones have 
<laughs> really, really blown out of proportion. I mean, he nearly blew that game in against Oakland, where the Rangers had to drop eight runs in the eighth inning to make up for a blown lead there. And in this one, he didn't retire a single batter. He's had a couple of other outings where he's either retired only one or uh, zero batters. And that's just... It's just really worrying from a guy who's got probably the best stuff, the best raw stuff in the pen. He's got a 563 ERA on the season, 16 innings, does have 17 strikeouts, but four and a half walks per nine and 2.3 home runs per nine. For his entire career, he's allowed 1.1 home runs per nine. Not someone who is allowing a lot of balls to go over the fence. He is an extreme sinker ball pitcher who can still get a lot of strikeouts. He keeps the ball in the ballpark for the most part, but this year he has not been doing that. He has been barreled up in the top 2% of the most barreled in all of baseball. His walk rate is in the bottom quarter of all of baseball. He's not getting guys to chase nearly as much. The average exit velo and hard hit percentage, expected ERA, expected well, but all of those in in the bottom third of all of baseball, which is not what you want for the guy who is supposedly the second most trusted guy in your pen. And at this point, he's just not. He's just not a guy who I I wouldn't put him in a lot of high leverage situations. I mean, maybe you are going to have to because this pen, I've broken, broken it down into four different categories of my trust rate in Rangers relievers. The trustworthy category. Will Smith is there. Brock Burke is still there for now, and he is holding on by a thread after giving up that walk-off bomb to Brent Rooker in the loss to Oakland. Then in the probably fine with the lead category, I have Josh Spores, newly into that category, who came in in relief of Jonathan Hernandez and pitched really well in what had become a very high leverage situation. I put Joe Barlow there because he's done it before. I don't love him as the closer, but in high leverage, I, I trust him, especially if he's got that velocity back. really love that slider. And I, I think John King is there. I, I think he's there. I don't feel really great about it, but he's probably fine with the lead. Then you go down to the next category of, uh, I, I don't even know. And that's that's where Jonathan Hernandez is right now. It's like, I don't trust him in super high leverage situations. I don't know if he's probably fine with the lead because that should have been an outing where, you know, I mean, one of those home runs is Ronald Acuna Jr., and he's probably the best player on the planet right now. Like, he's just absolutely insane. We, we saw the the massive shot that he had off of off of the rookie Cody Bradford on a curveball that was out of the zone that he hit, you know, 500 billion feet and 11 trillion miles an hour off the bat. And that's just kind of what Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing to literally everybody right now. So, like, one of those you chalk off, but then you hit a batter, and then you give up another tater. It's like, okay, I don't know what to do about Jonathan Hernandez. I don't know what situations I feel comfortable with him in. And then you go to the only in a blowout category, and at this point, that's where Jose Leclerc is, and that's where Cole Reagans is through no fault of his own. I talked a lot about what the Rangers should do with Cole Reagans on yesterday's show in the third segment, saying that I, I think he's being wildly misused in this role. He is not a guy who is excelling in the long relief role. Dane Dunning did that really well, but again, he'd had experience doing that in college at Florida with a really stacked rotation there. And then he has jumped seamlessly in, into the rotation. And if the Rangers needed to jump back into the bullpen as that long man role, I think Dane Dunning is going to be just fine, if not really freaking good, like he has been in every role so far this year. Um, but Jose Leclerc still trying to get that confidence back to maybe where you can tr put him in the probably fine with the lead category. That's what I'm, I'm hoping to get, or just upgrade to the, I don't know, because Leclerc, I mean, he had that really great outing and absolutely zero leverage where he struck out three A's um, on, I believe that was the Sunday game with that eight run lead that he was the final pitcher to throw in that one. But still, I mean, if you look at 
what the options are on the 40 man, there there's not a whole lot to go to. I mean, you have Yeri Rodriguez, who was just optioned. You have Taylor Hearn, who is doing well in AAA, but still walking more batters than I would really like for a guy who is going to come in and, and maybe pitch in some high leverage situations. Then you have Zach Kent, but he's on the IL. You have Cody Bradford. He's going to stay a starter. He's not going to be a guy who you pull up under the pen. Ricky Venasco, no, he's still in AA and not... I don't think he's actually pitched this year, so um, not really sure what the deal is with him. Owen White, no, you want to keep him as a starter. You want to keep him in doubling, keep him on, on that uh, on that route. And Cole Wynn, who's walking the world still and allowing a crap ton of home runs and striking out a bunch of people in AAA. And if he's doing that, then he's probably going to do all of that at the big league level. I don't know that he's necessarily going to keep that with the elite strikeout rate. I think he's just going to get barreled up and walk a bunch of guys. If you're talking about long shot guys in the minors maybe you have grant wolfram but then you'd start making some 40-man moves and the rangers don't have a whole lot of fat to trim on the 40-man roster i mean brad miller is like the one spot there that you can think okay well if the rangers have to clear a 40-man spot for somebody then uh brad miller is going to be the casualty the first casualty um then you have jake odorizzi who is still on the 40-man roster he's only under contract for the rest of this year and he's not going to pitch this year. So I, I don't necessarily know why he's still on, on the team. Maybe you can't take him off the IL off the 40 man because he's on the 60 day IL. Uh, if the Rangers could do that, I think they probably would. Then the next guy is probably Gary Rodriguez. I think Sandy Leone. There's just not a whole lot of guys there. And if you cut Sandy Leone, then you got to have Mitch Garver back and trust that he is going to stay healthy, or you're going to trust that Sam Huff is ready to be an everyday backup catcher. And I don't necessarily know if that's the case. I mean, then you start looking at guys like Dustin Harris. That's not happening. Travis Jankowski. That's probably not happening. Um, Luis Angel Acuna. Like, there's just really not much else to go on. Like, there's just not a whole lot of room to move. And this is just the nature of bullpens. Where do the Rangers go from here? Well, you just kind of have to sit in it. Like, this is the case with bullpens. This is what the problems that good teams have. They have finicky bullpens. Bullpens are always finicky by nature. I thought that maybe the Rangers would trade Ezekiel Durant at the start of the season for some some uh, bullpen depth. He, he's way too good for that now. That is absolutely zero chance of happening um because even the best relievers are very finicky the mariano rivera's the um really just the mariano rivera's just not a whole lot of guys who you can trust from year to year to year to consistently be that good even craig kimbrell has had some real up and down years same with kenley jansen who is back up and got his 400th career save uh last week the bullpens are by their nature very finicky they will be the rangers will be buyers at the deadline they have some 40-man depth where if they need to make some trades they've got some guys on the 40-man to do it and can give themselves a little bit more ability to maneuver around but for right now you just got to kind of sit in it live with the fact that your starting pitchers are really good your offense is really good and if it gets close late just hold on for dear life because that's where the rangers are right now that's going to do it for today's show Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers first. Listen every single day. Be sure to tune in tomorrow where we can talk about hopefully a huge series win, the return of Corey Seager, and another dominant outing for Nathan Eovaldi. That's going to do it for today's show. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.